This is Talking Urology. I'm talking urology with Maria Rabal. She's a uro-oncologist from the University of Barcelona in Spain. She's on the board of the EAU guidelines and is a member of the Muscle Invasive Bladder Cancer Panel. Welcome to USANS 2017, where it's the Talking Urology booth. And today, I'm going to be talking urology with Maria Rabal, who is a uro-oncologist from the University of Barcelona in Spain. Today, she gave an excellent talk on the... Uh, muscle invasive bladder cancer, the evolving guidelines. So we're going to put together a bit of a highlights package, Maria. Can you tell me what were the highlights of your talk from today? Oh, thank you very much for the introduction and for inviting me in this talk. Um, I would say the first and the, the first highlight I will, I will stress about bladder cancer is that we have not changed mortality in the last 30 years. So it's time to do the things in a different way. So. I would say the first is that we need to treat perhaps patients earlier. Uh, we need to identify the non-muscle invasive disease at high risk of progression and probably offer radical therapy in this, uh, in this moment of the disease. And once we have the muscle invasive disease already established, there are some key points that we should keep in mind. First is that it's hard to believe that we can treat it only with surgery. Probably the most rational con- procedure is to treat it in a multi-modality modality form using chemotherapy and surgery. So new adjuvant chemotherapy has demonstrated an impact in overall survival, so it's, it's uh, an advantage and we need to use it. Another how about, thing, how can I just on that point, we have lots of MDTs in Australia where if they've got an obstructed kidney, they need to go straight to surgery. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a tricky, a tricky situation. It's true that it's hard to believe that you are, can do in a safety way neoadjuvant chemotherapy with an obstructive kidney. But if the patient is fit for chemotherapy, you can use a nephrostomy. You can take care of urine cultures, treating with antibiotics, and then it's safety to perform neoadjuvant chemotherapy in these patients. Okay. And do the guidelines encourage neobladders only in certain people who well, are the best? Well, we, en- we encourage neobladders because uh, it is already related with quality of life. What we think is that those patients that are fit for being submitted to neobladder, that they are young enough, that they are fit enough, should be offered neobladder. What uh, what thing that we should avoid is not offering neobladder because we don't know how to do it. So if a patient deserves a neobladder, we should refer a patient to that one hospital that is able to do it. So I think that this is a key message in, in this in this sense. And in a snapshot, what's your thoughts on adjuvant chemotherapy? Well, I think that adjuvant chemotherapy obviously is uh, useful, principally in those patients that you have not used new adjuvant chemotherapy. And uh, it has been demonstrated recently that uh, those patients that uh, take most advantage of using adjuvant chemotherapy are those with locally advanced disease and zero disease. So if we have not used new adjuvant chemotherapy, we can use uh, adjuvant chemotherapy. And are you excited by these new checkpoint inhibitors that are coming for bladder cancer? I would say the world is exactly excited because I think that this is the first change in therapy in bladder cancer in the last 15 years. So we have been on chemo with uh, Dosdens or MBAC, CISGEM, and this is the first change we have already in muscle invasive bladder cancer. So. Uh, now we know that patients that are progressing to chemotherapy could be treated with uh, PDL1 inhibitors, but probably we will move this therapy to the adjuvant setting, for example, 
we can see them in the neoadjuvant setting as well, and perhaps we will see them in the non-muscle invasive disease at high risk of progression. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for, for this therapy in the future. And the role of radiation as primary treatment? Yes, the role of the radiation, I see uh, a role of the radiation in the conservative therapy. Conservative therapy should be understood with uh, the three therapies all together, the TURB, the radiation therapy and chemotherapy. And this allows you to conserve the bladder in very well selected patients. And your take home message from your talk was we need to invest in bladder cancer. Are we doing that? I would say not as far as we should do because uh, bladder cancer has been considered uh, not as in a star as prostate cancer because it's not as prevalent as prostate cancer and it's true. But it's, uh, so it's a very important cancer and a lethal cancer, so we should invest because there are a lot of people suffering from, blood, from bladder cancer and not only muscle invasive, but non-muscle invasive. And this is a very costly disease because it, it's submitted to long life uh, surveillance. So there are a lot of things we should do and we can change. So definitely we need to invest on that. Thank you very much, Marie. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in Australia. Thank, Thank you. you very much to you for inviting me.